BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. I am Ben Carson, and I hope we're going to share some real common sense with you today. You know, this uh, production is uh, part of the American Cornerstone Institute. It's a nonprofit organization that I founded a couple of years ago, along with some uh, extremely capable people from the previous administration. And, you know, lately I've been struck by the ideological discourse surrounding public education. And uh, what are we trying to teach our children? Are we trying to teach them the basics, the things that they need to know to be successful in society? Or are we trying to indoctrinate them? You know, some of you have probably heard the story recently that came out of Baltimore, where they looked at 23 public schools and 2,000 students to find how many were proficient at, a, at the appropriate grade level in math, guess how many? Zero. That is an absolute disaster. And yet I suspect those kids could probably uh, tell you what pronoun you're supposed to use. Uh, or they, <laughs> they might be involved in uh, critical race theory and telling you about the things that supposedly happened or didn't happen and why we're all either oppressors or victims. You know, is this stuff really helping us as a nation? Is it helping us to be able to compete globally uh, throughout the world? These are things I think we really need to talk about. But that's one of the reasons that we created the Little Patriots Learning Program. It provides our young people and their educators, be they parents, grandparents, uh, other caring adults, uh, teachers, provides them with the, the background, non-ideological background. What were the ideals that were involved in the founding of our country? And we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, but there's a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. And a nation cannot long survive if its people don't appreciate it, if they don't feel an attachment to it, if they don't feel patriotic toward it. And those who want to destroy the country, the best thing that they can do is create a division between the people and the nation. So that is a division that doesn't need to be there, that shouldn't be there, 
and is only there because of the way that things are being manipulated by those who have nefarious purposes. So Little Patriots is not ideological. In fact, we really need to move ideology out of teaching for our children. And, uh, you know, it was, it was Benjamin Franklin who, after the last Constitutional Convention, was asked, Sir, what do we have, a monarchy or a republic? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Our educational system has a lot to do with whether we're going to be able to keep it. And today, we have a fascinating guest a key partner in our Little Patriots uh, program, particularly the Star Spangled Adventures. I'd like to welcome Cheryl Felicia Rhodes, the voice of our very own Liberty Eagle from the Star Spangled Adventure series. Welcome, Cheryl. We're so delighted to have you with us today. Thank you, Dr. Carson. It's an honor for me to be here with you, too. Well, I'd like to start by asking you, I, I think you grew up in, in Illinois. Can, you, can right. you tell us a little bit about uh, growing up, college, and your formal training uh, to sure. be, become an actress? Sure. Um, yeah, I wanted to be an actress since I was four years old. I saw a movie with Susan Hayward called With a Song in My Heart. And she was doing this story of Jane uh, Froman, I believe it was, who was a singer during the 1940s. And I was a little kid watching this movie, and she had been in a plane accident where she hurt her legs, but then she was going and entertaining the troops. Mm -hmm. And I liked the idea that you could use your talent to help others, to serve others, and help them when they're going through their challenges. So I got into Children's Theater, the Theater of Western Springs in Illinois. That's the town I was from. My parents were both very supportive of me uh, doing these things. And then in high school, I was in all the different plays. And then I wound up going to the University of Iowa in Iowa City, and I was a theater major there. And then when I graduated from college, I came back to Chicago, and I was in the Second City comedy troupe, and I did some plays around there before I became half of a comedy team called The Fine Line, where we did relationship humor and all sorts of things. And the um, actor McLean Stevenson, who starred mm -hmm. on the show MASH, he saw us and brought us out to Hollywood. So that's the, that's the short version. <laughs> well, you worked for uh, 20 years in Hollywood as a professional actress, a comedy right. coach, assistant voice casting agent, mm -hmm. a voiceover artist, director and producer of comedy shows, uh, received a lot of recognition for a yeah, coaching class. Of note, you're known to thousands of people for your starring role in Mother Goose. That's right. In the right. 1990s show, The Mother Goose Video Treasury, a very popular musical uh, right. nursery rhyme show with puppets and live actors. Uh, what, was, what was that like? And, and oh, it was great. Involved? That actually started in the late 1980s and then went through the 90s. It's funny, now that I'm playing Liberty the Eagle and I was Mother Goose before, you were talking about pronouns earlier, and sometimes I've, you know, to just give some of my friends on that side of the situation, uh, I'll, I'll sign it, 
Mother Goose, Liber- Liberty the Eagle, Mother Goose, Birds. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, it was wonderful. And um, the uh, the people who produced it um, were, were just terrific people to work with. They had done um, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the television show on the Disney Channel. And so then they decided they wanted to do Mother Goose. And initially, um, again, this is more than, this is 35 years ago, they thought that I was too young at first to play Mother Goose. And mm. I said, well, you know, you're, you're talking Grandmother Goose. Most of my friends have kids, you know, that are the age that we're targeting. And then they realized that. But um, it was wonderful. I got to work um uh, oh, the the Mouseketeer who played oh, Sharon uh, was uh, one of the characters. We had various Disney people working with us, and uh, although it was not a Disney production, it was called Left Coast production. Left Coast because of California, um, but it was a lot of fun. And as I said, along with having played Mother Goose and now Liberty the Eagle, around the same time, I was then cast um, in a TV show with Ben Affleck called Against the Grain. So I said, Ben's and birds seem to be a, a recurring uh, theme in my life. <laughs> That's very interesting. Now, uh, you know, you had a, a great career as an actress in Hollywood. You obviously were involved in several network TV programs. What, what were some of the programs that you were involved with? Well, when my comedy partner and I went out to L.A., uh, we worked first on the Motown Review uh, with Smokey Robinson. And so we had been seen there. And I was the only woman writer on that show. And Arsenio Hall was a writer, um, uh, Paul Mooney. Uh, who, who wrote for Richard Pryor. But I was always the one doing all the, the um, uh, of course, TV was different then. You had censorship, but I was always going for family-friendly stuff anyway because it was the idea that you could be, you know, uh, funny and that everybody could see it because when I was growing up, the Dick Van Dyke show and Andy Griffith and those, and, and Mary Tyler Moore even were, were, were just shows everybody could watch. So I was a writer and regular. We did sketches there all the time. And I got to work with uh, Shaka Khan and Ray Charles. My comedy partner and I did a little comedy bit there. I mean, it was amazing. And the funny thing is, I really didn't know that much about Motown. And I had to really, I, I, I was, as a kid actress, I was, you know, focused on my own career and on, and I did musicals and things like that, where all the rest of my friends knew rock and roll and rhythm blues. They knew all that stuff. So I was like cramming for exams, learning all that I could. But uh, I got to write one of the first music videos for Smokey Robinson in this uh, show uh, to my mama told me to shop around. So that was great. And um so I did, uh, in, in addition to doing that and Against the Grain and uh, the Motown Review, um, I guest starred on various shows. Uh, one show, Any Day Now, with Annie Potts, mm-hmm. which goes back and forth, actually, between um, the 60s and the Civil Rights Movement to what then was the current day in the 90s. Um, but I did Save by the Bell, which was mm-hmm. a wonderful experience. And uh, so I really was lucky. I'm, I'm always telling my acting students today that they have to realize usually only 5% of the Screen Actors Guild is working at any given time. Yeah. You know, it's very uh, tough to get in. 
Um, and uh, so anyway, patience. But I always, uh, I, went, I gave a talk one time in L.A. where I said God is my casting director mm -hmm. because I said, why, why would God waste you? you know, with your talent. It would be like keeping your best player. You know, we watched the Super Bowl the other night. Uh, I'm not sure when this is airing, but you, you want your best players to be out there. Yeah. And when people are talented, when they're so concerned about uh, trying to fit in there, uh, you know, miracles will happen when you least expect them. Well, you know, it was interesting. Uh, they used to have something that appeared at the end of... Uh TV programs called the seal of good practice. And uh, it indicated that there was moral content. And, uh, right. you, you know, that disappeared a, a couple of decades ago. It did. I, don't think, I don't think there's much uh, attention to that now. And, you know, what, what changes have you seen over the last few decades in terms of attitudes about morality in Hollywood? Right. And, and are they... Are they reflecting the culture, or are they trying to create the culture? Yeah, uh, more create the culture. Um, in the 90s, um, I uh, was, uh, because I did Mother Goose, I was invited to be on the Parents Television Council, along with the late Steve Allen and, and Pat Boone, who has now wound up doing something for us for Star Spangled Adventures. And I was so honored, you know, to be with all these people, but that time, Steve Allen, who was certainly the king of hip, I mean, he started The Tonight Show and gave, you know, David Letterman and Johnny Carson, I mean, they're, uh, if not always their start, certainly guided them. Mm -hmm. But he had this great line where he said, look, uh, we are guests in people's homes. And you want to keep that in mind when it's regarding content. And um, uh, Dr. Gloria Toot was on. It, it was just an amazing group of people. But at that time, with the um, uh, wrestling plus other stuff getting edgier all the time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, before I left Los Angeles, um, and, and an actor, unless, unless you're an Oscar winner that have put millions away, you're never really in a position to turn down work. But I had to. In different cases, um, you know, my my parents were very uh, patriotic. They were different religions. You know, my dad was a Southern Baptist. My mom was Irish Catholic. But my mom always said they had the same values. And so all along the line, even in college, there were things I wouldn't do. So when I was out in Hollywood, if something was too edgy, you know, or as my brother said, be blunt about it, vulgar, I wouldn't do it. And uh, so, as I said, the last few months before I moved to the D.C. area, I turned down 16 jobs. And again, it doesn't make me a saint of any kind. I just couldn't. You know, my mother died back in 2001, and she would be back from the grave to get me. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, but she, you know, she wrote a column called Paragraphing Towards Patriotism. And, um, you know, as I say, she and my dad were very supportive of the career, but you know, they they expected a certain standard on yeah. things, and I did too. Well, what what happened to to Disney? I remember as a kid growing up. I mean, Sunday nights, you know, Disney was a must, and it was Absolutely. uplifting programming, and you never had to worry about what your kids were looking at. What what do you think happened to them? 
Well, you know, I'm not entirely sure. You know, as you know, on our Star Spangled Adventures project, we have animators who are working there. I did a couple of projects for Disney. Um, uh, there was a special they did back in the early 90s that was on the history of not only Disney but NBC. Um, and, uh, and I worked on this project and I, w- <laughs> one time I was working on editing things together and they had me watch a National Geographic episode on the sinking of the Titanic because David Sarnoff, who had been at NBC, had been one of the radio operators that got the distress calls from the Titanic. And then they had me watch Old Yeller, where the, the boy has to wind up killing his dog. And one of the producers came in and said, why are you crying? I said, are you kidding? I've been watching Old Yeller <laughs> in the Titanic. But to your more po- to point to your question, that history and showing Walt Disney, it was all about being family friendly right. and being something that the whole family could gather together and watch. And um, uh, so it started to change. Uh, Really, you know, there'd be little things, uh, but again, I I would notice them maybe maybe about 20 years ago, but it was still pretty on target. But then in the last few years, it's just uh, gone nuts. Not only only Disney, but, uh, you know, almost all of the series... Uh, if you look at a series on Netflix or anything, uh, right. you can't get very far before, you know, they're pushing the LGBT. Uh, That's right. Stuff. That's right. And you would think that half the population was LGBT or more. Right. And right. Uh, I don't have anything against LGBT people, no. believe me. But no. sometimes I wonder what what exactly is the agenda? Why is it being pushed? so incredibly hard and one of the things that crosses my mind is you know the biblical admonitions in both the old and new testaments against it if you can say that it is correct and it is the way that things should be done then basically you're saying that the bible's wrong Uh and if the bible is wrong about that maybe the bible is wrong about something else and something else and it's sort of like the camel's nose under the tent i've been in theater and film all my life i've had gay friends all my life you know but as you say very different from adults and um you know an indoctrination situation and 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 one thing too i i um this morning i was reading about pride you know all this thing about pride which is the opposite you know, of what it says in the Bible, pride goeth before a fall. And, you know, and I will uh, different times have actors say, well, I I have to have pride and everything. You're, (laughs) uh, you're, you're um, asking for trouble because a lot of us get disrespected or whatever it is. But are you kind? Are you loving? And, uh, and so this, this change, this indoctrination with kids is um, uh, a newer a newer thing, and it's because you know there's some uh, there was a relative of Walt Disney's who was uh, pushing this uh, not not direct but his brothers and um, and I I don't know how much time we have until the break but just um, a, a little interesting thing about how Disney influenced me positively mm-hmm. when I was a little girl 
Um, when I was a kid, believe it or not, I used to pretend in my room that I had all the characters from Disney, the villains sitting on one side and the heroes and heroines on the other, and we were in a comedy club. And I would tell jokes to make them laugh. And I had this idea in my head, if I could get everybody laughing together, they wouldn't be so mean, you know, that it would be all get along. And I'm, I'm talking, I was a little kid. My mother said, what are you doing? And it's just this idea I had. So flash forward uh, later in the 80s, um, the guy who played um, the goose in my mother goose tapes uh, did was one of the greats in uh, cartoons. Um, his name was Will Ryan. He sadly passed away about a year ago. But Will um, did all these voices, and we went to this animation festival, and there was a, an actress there who had played one of the villains for Disney right, right from the beginning. And she was a little standoffish to me. And, um, and I couldn't understand, you because know, I didn't even know her. So an agent friend of mine told me a few days later, she goes, well, she's kind of jealous of you. And I go, why? I was then like in my, you know, like 30. And he, she said, well, you know, because you're, you know, young and you're doing all these different things and stuff. So a few days later, we went to another event and I went and I talked to her again. And I, uh, I said, tell me, what was Walt Disney like? You were there right at the beginning, and you were there for the opening Disneyland. What was that like? Well, she lit up and started telling me all these great stories, and then I was kidding her on some stuff, and she was laughing, had a wonderful time. So the same casting director the following week said, what did you say to so-and-so? She was saying how funny you were and what a good time you had and everything. And I said, oh, that's great. And when I hung up, I all of a sudden realized that my childhood fantasy had come true. I'd made one of the villains laugh, <laughs> you know, and they were nice to me. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm always seeing the themes in people's yes. lives. Well, we'll come back uh, in a moment uh, with our fascinating guest, uh, Cheryl Rhodes. We'll be right back. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we're back with more Common Sense. We have a fascinating guest, Cheryl Felicia Rhodes, an uh, actress, uh, a voice actor, a teacher, uh, and a patriot uh, who uh, exemplifies that you can have a career in acting in Hollywood and still maintain values. And it's such an important concept to keep in mind. You know, uh, we had Kevin Sorbo on the podcast uh, a couple of months ago, and he was 
talking about, uh, you know, how difficult it is sometimes to be a conservative in Hollywood. Uh, is is there a real bias against uh, conservatives? And, and if so, when did it occur and why does it exist? Well, I like to put it this way, and it's funny, I met uh, Kevin at a film festival last year when I told him about Star Spangled Adventures, and he was all in and wanted wanted to be a part of it. And of course, as you know, he's playing the voice of George Washington for us. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm a believer, blessed be the peacemakers, because all my life, I mean, when I was at Second City, my brother was a state senator, you know, that most of the people, you know, were on the opposite side. And, and I'll tell you, when I was in L.A., uh, I just uh, tried to just concentrate on the work at hand. Is there, is there pre- There's prejudices for a bunch of different reasons. They're very eager to, to please or be on the right side of whatever it is. I mean, you know, my mother <laughs> used to say my name. It opens some doors and closes others. And I, um, uh, because this has been a long time uh, battle for me as far as just trying to keep my own values. I mean, my comedy partner, we were totally on opposite sides politically, but we would use that for comedy. We always were playing opposites. So when I got to L.A. and... Uh, again, it's back to my Disney story. I usually was able to make people laugh, you know, and to get past certain things. And again, it's about the pride thing. Just where there are those now complaining, oh, that they are discriminated against. I don't want people on the conservative side to make that same mistake, that it's that it's uh, how can I be loving? And maybe that conflict or where the person is, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, potential employer, whatever is, is there, it's an opportunity that you don't know. And I had that happen in uh, 2000. There was an actress who was just terribly upset about um, uh, Gore v. Bush, you know, all that stuff going on. And I remember you know, she was just raging on about something to me, and I had tried to be helpful to her in some stuff, uh, work stuff. And so I made a comment later on. I said, well, you know, I knew that Al Gore's background that had made him uh, with his father, you know, more of a people pleaser and stuff like that, and that concerned me if we ever went to war in, in any situation. So a few, you know, and she, you know, and then I kind of joked around as I do. After September 11th, a couple of weeks later, I was in this coffee shop near Warner Brothers that is a big hangout for a lot of people in the business. This actress came in and she saw me and she went, oh my gosh. And she came and she threw her arms around me and hugged me. And she said, Cheryl, on September 11th, all I could do was think about you. And I said, really? And she said, no, I remember what you said. And, and this woman, her family was from Israel and everything. She said, I thought about what you said. And she said, and I'm grateful for this situation now. And so the thing is, there is an opportunity 
for both conservatives and liberals. I, I loved what you said about the American eagle needs both the left and right wing to fly. And, and that's the thing. We are people due to our different experiences. You know, as I told you, my dad's parents were the deacons who hired Billy Graham for his first job as a minister. And here he elopes with a, an Irish Catholic girl, you know, which back in the 1930s, I wasn't born until my parents' 40s. It was a very um, uh, different situation. So now with the things happening, and, and again, I, I don't, uh, you know, Kevin and various people's experience, absolutely. But sometimes, you know, I just think, okay, think of the book, The Ugly Duckling. He kept looking for the swans. He kept looking for his own group. And again, you never know when one of those people might join you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, what's, what worries me, quite frankly, is uh, in America, we tend to be reactionary mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to planning and strategizing appropriately. Just react to stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that there's going to be a huge backlash to a lot of the stuff that's going on today. Okay. So that all of a sudden you have a, a lot of people who are very conservative who are trying to legislate morality. You know, we have okay. to be careful and, right. uh, and recognize that in a society where you have a variety of different thoughts and opinions, the my way or the highway philosophy just doesn't work. <laughs> All it leads to is more conflict and division. And, you know, this whole concept of, of hating people, of canceling people who don't agree with you. I mean, that is so antithetical to the, the whole concept of America. And, you know, whichever side people are on, you need That's to realize right. that that is going to destroy our society. And, yeah. you know, learn how to listen to people. Uh, you know, there, years ago, you used to hear a lot about tolerance. You don't hear much about it anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of interesting, you, isn't it? Uh, do you remember those? I remember these commercials when I was little where they'd say, I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Right. And I just heard that over and over again. And, uh, you know, and, and again, it goes back to blessed be the peacemakers. doesn't mean you don't stand firm. For values that that's very important and because I have an acting school uh, where you have all different sorts of people and mine's a, a private school so so I can do that it's here in Northern Virginia but I've had to stand firm for some things but again you 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 try to be uh, kind and and loving as best as you can but sometimes you have to be firm too well how that much yeah. Things. yeah how much influence or ability does an, an actor or an actress have on a production in terms of trying to make sure that it has a positive impact on society? Well, I have a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> after after a, a, a really lengthy union strike, and I was a member of both um, Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild and all that stuff, my agent called me to do a guest starring role on the show Married with Children. Now, I was not a fan of that show. I just, I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do here? <laughs> and because uh, I needed the money, all that stuff. But I just said, I, I don't know. And my agent said, well, let's look at the script. 
And I said, okay. So they sent me the script at first, which was very funny. And it was about a woman uh, chasing a little, um, a little animal dressed up as Ted Bundy. Not Ted Bundy, Al Bundy, excuse me, not Ted Bundy. <laughs> Al Bundy, who was uh, the, the character. So great. So I get there, and then they changed the whole script. And in this case, they made it a very mean type of script about people with weight issues, okay? And, and you know, that, that was my category at that point. And I read the script, and I'm talking to this other actress, and I said, oh, my gosh. So anyway, the director came over to me, and he said, did you get the new script? I said, yeah, I did. And he said, well, what do you think? And I thought, well, he asked me. So I said, had I known it was going to be this, I wouldn't have done it. And everybody gets tense up. I said, but don't worry, I'm a professional. I've also been a staff writer. You have the right to change it at any time. You know, I should have known because the type of show it was and everything. And I said, but I'll be a professional and I'll do my best to do a great job. Mm. So she said, oh, 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 okay. So we did the scene and it just fell flat because frankly it was mean and not funny. I mean, yeah. that's the basic thing is something supposed to be funny. So all of a sudden they, they wrapped the day and they said, all right, well, everybody can go home. And uh, this other actress said, well, I said, oh man, I'm probably fired. And she said, well, no, you were, you were very open and you were respectful and all that stuff. So I get home and I'm telling my brother, Mark, this is the one who was um, an Illinois state senator. I said, oh, this happened. And he starts laughing. And I said, what's so funny? And he said, well, they're rewriting the script. And I said, no, 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 Mark, this is Hollywood. They, they won't rewrite it for actors. He said, oh, trust me, they're rewriting the script. All of a sudden, call waiting comes in. And it's the production studio saying they're sending over a production assistant with a new script. And they had totally changed it to a woman who just couldn't make up her mind. And they had a pot. He was a shoe salesman. The shoes kept growing. And it was very funny and fine. So I walk in the next day and all the writers are kind of glaring at me. And so uh, the actor who played Al Bundy said, so are you happy now? And I said, I would have been professional either way. But they did change it. And I did it with respect. And I gave them a different perspective and and just even you know where it's been anti-religious things that's what i've tried to do and if it was something i didn't feel comfortable with then i didn't do it you know and i and i've told people on the other side sometimes who's gotten very uncomfortable i said follow your heart follow or as you say your brain (laughs) you know which is where you know things are decided of course and uh and it's worked for me. And I just, I just want to say one of the things, I know we probably have a break, but when I got to do Star Spangled Adventures, I felt like my whole life had been leading to this because it was about patriotism. In fact, I had a comedian friend in L.A. who said, I've always thought of you as liberty. <laughs> he go before he knew about it. Comic Jeff Wayne, he's, he's been on a lot of shows. Anyway, but... But also the fact that I got to sing, I got to act, that I've been able to give people jobs, people that have stood strong in uh, hard situations. My brothers and sisters who are all like, you know, a lot older than I am. They were all history majors and stuff. And I've asked them for advice different times. But my parents would be so thrilled. And so I thank you for that. Well, that is wonderful. We're so glad that that you're involved with all of your experiences. It's 
really growing very rapidly and people just love it and they they can't believe that it's free of charge either uh, yeah right but right. You know, we've been able to get uh, wonderful underwriters uh, and people who really understand the importance of helping to bring our nation together to taking the indoctrination out to mm -hmm. educating people you know it was john adams our second president who said that our system was designed for an informed and educated populace. Right. And uh, what you see right now going on, particularly in a lot of our public schools, is sort of a dumbing down of the populace. Exactly. And you exactly. know, when people are dumbed down, uh, they don't analyze, they don't think, they just, you just tell them something, they say, oh, okay, okay. That's what they that's say. That's right. And that's, that's not America. And, and no, it isn't. And and again, I don't, you know, give me a warning about a break. But I was just going to say, um, when we were doing the first promo for this, my sister Kathleen um, is a, a a teacher, and she was talking about, you know, she said, well, you know, John Adams saves the second president because they're kids who just don't know, you know. I mean, the the, the history has been um, so neglected on things, and and one thing too. What I love about this series, it's something the family can all watch together. And because it's written that adults can enjoy it too, um, the other neat person in animation that I met many years ago, and this was through my friend Will, was Jay Ward, who uh, created the Rocky and Bullwinkle series. And they said they always wrote for Up so, so kids could ask an adult what something meant, and there was a commercial where it was Boris Badenoff picketing Rocky the Flying Squirrel, <laughs> and it says, Rocky the Flying Squirrel, unfair to Local 12. Yes. And the Bill and Steve's and Scoundrels. Bill and Steve's and Scoundrels <laughs> Union. But I turned to my older brother and I said, what's a local? Because I didn't know what it meant. But, the, but Jay Ward said that was the way to go, to get people you know, to exchange and not dumb down, but to go up, which is why they had a cartoon called The Ruby Yacht of Omar Khayyam yeah. at one point. <laughs> so anyway. Well, yeah. I love your perspectives on that. And we'll be right back with some more perspectives from our fascinating guest, Cheryl Rose. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. back with more common sense and uh, you know I want you to make sure wherever you are that you go to littlepatriotslearning.com and uh, particularly uh, make sure that you watch the Star Spangled Adventures series you'll be vastly entertained you won't want you won't want it to stop you say oh no that's the end of it but uh, 
not only for kids, but I tell you, it's great for adults too. And you remember the stuff. It's done in such a way that it's quite memorable. And it's so important that we know who we are, know our history, because our history is the basis of our identity, and that's the basis of our beliefs. Right. And, uh, you know, that's what makes for a strong society. That's why when ISIS comes in and conquers a place, what do they do? They destroy the history. They destroy the museums and the libraries. And they don't want people to remember that. That way, those people are easy to mold. That's not, again, who we are. And we have to resist these attempts. And I'm so glad that our guest is one who understands that. You know, I I have to ask you, what are some of the, the, the more fascinating things that, that happened to you during auditions? Uh, for Oh, during auditions? For um, okay. Oh, and, and just one thing before, we, I, I just want to do a big shout out to Bob Arvin and Jeff Holder. Jeff Holder writes the scripts and yes. he and Bob Arvin are the producers and they just uh, get great sense of humor and, and amazing in the writing and stuff. But so with auditions, so, uh, one of the things, too, because they've had me do casting on this, he says, because Cheryl, you know everybody, <laughs> and, and, I, and I do. But one of the things in auditions, um, I always tell my acting students to think, how can I be of service to people instead of worrying, oh, what are they thinking of me? Just remember that the producers are just as concerned, you know, about making sure they get the right uh, situation going. And so uh, sometimes I have gotten auditions in, in, in uh, interesting ways. I had gone to a family wedding in Iowa, and the cousin of the bride was telling me all about how his brother, um, his name's Dave Johnson, had worked with Spielberg and various people. And uh, anyway, so I sent him a demo tape, which had videos of various um, things I'd been in. But the one time I was talking about being of help to people and this idea of being of service, and he had asked me to meet him for lunch. And so we were talking about this thing, and we were on the same page as Faith and all this stuff. And I I said, well, you know, I, I, I want to be of help, and I actually recommended some other actors and actresses for what they were doing. So then I get a call from Warner Brothers to come in for this audition. And I thought it was going to be a one-on-one audition with one producer. I walk in there, and there are like 40 people in the room. (laughs) It was executives from NBC, Warner Brothers. These producers were all smiling at me. And I looked around the room, and I said, well, hello. And they all started (laughs) laughing. And and it was so funny. There was an actress waiting uh, to come in after me, who was somebody I had cast because I'd been a producer on America's Funniest People. I'd been a segment producer and a talent coordinator. And so I just thought she was wonderful. And this this show was going to take place in Texas. And I could do a Texas accent, but she really was from Texas and the whole deal. So even though I thought I'd give it a good audition, I thought, oh, well, boy, you know, she's really terrific. And so I had pretty much thought, well, you know, I don't know that, that this is going to happen. So I had an appointment to go to the next day to an editor um, with some tapes. And as I'm driving along, I see that he lives on a place called Winona Boulevard. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? My 
my character's name that I auditioned for was named Winona. Plus one other thing, there was a young man who was very kind to me when uh, I first came to Los Angeles. Uh, he worked with George Slaughter. And we, we were talking about the LBGT issue. Well, this gentleman had AIDS. Um, but we were very good friends. And he, you know, uh, just had been such a supporter of mine. And I remember when I was kind of discouraged and was going to go back from Hollywood after I wasn't doing my comedy team, he said, no, 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 you need to stay here because you have so much to give people. And he was so kind. And he invented a thing called the joke in the box where you push the nose and had glasses and a nose and, and very funny. And you'd hear different comedians talk. So anyway, as I drive up to this editor's house, I walk in the door and this guy has a joke in the box that my friend who had passed away had invented. And I'd seen the Winona Boulevard. And I thought, those are signs for me. And I checked my messages and I'd gotten the TV series. <laughs> and so for me, auditioning has always been a question of faith as well. Mm. Is this the right project? God, is this what you need me to do? And sometimes when I haven't gotten something, it's been a blessing, and maybe something, uh, always something better came along. Well, I want to ask you in, in closing, first of all, what's the most valuable lesson you've learned? And secondly, what words of wisdom do you have, particularly for somebody who might be thinking about an acting career? I'd like to do it. Well... God's your casting director. That, first of all, I always have my students do a, a, something when they start class. Before they act, I ask them to tell me three things they're grateful for. Because I said an attitude of gratitude. It's a cliche saying, but it'll take you far. And I think that there are so many people who have so many wonderful blessings. And, and it's like I was studying something with the Bible today about, you know, the Pharisees kept asking Jesus, you know, uh, well, what are you going to show me? And Jesus, I've already, you know, okay, you know, he wasn't going to be able to convince them. And I said that if you have gratitude, it, it will take you far. And also to know that if this is something that's calling in your heart, you're supposed to do it. And don't worry about people pleasing with the agent or the producer or whatever, and, and you'll be led. As a, as a friend of mine in L.A. once said, she said, Cheryl's the only person I know that can go to a family wedding in Iowa and come back with a TV series. It, did, it didn't come that quickly, but one thing led to another, and you never know what's going to open the door. And so I think that's been one of the most valuable lessons and, and gratitude and to have character mm. in things because, you know, the awards and stuff come and go, you know, and the, and the opportunities. But I, I tell you, I've been thrilled with the opportunities and, and, and even the challenges. Well, we've had uh, seven episodes in the Star Spangled Adventures. We're looking forward to many more. Uh, Liberty Eagle is such an uplifting character, and we just love the work that you've done over the decades and look forward to a continuing relationship. And may God bless all your future endeavors, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. God bless you too, Dr. Carson. Thank, thank you so you. much. And we'll be right back with my closing thoughts and a prescription for this week.
Well, Little Patriots is one of our flagship programs at American Cornerstone. You got to hear a little bit about it today. I hope you will go and visit. Uh, this is great stuff, not only for kids, but for adults too. You know, knowing who we are, knowing our history, knowing those incredible foundational pillars that led to such unprecedented success. It's very important for all of us to know that. And uh, Thomas Edison once said, the three great essentials to achieve anything worthwhile are, first, hard work, second, stick to and third, common sense. And getting perspective is a big part of that. And that's the assignment for this week, gaining perspective, learning about all the ins and outs of what you're dealing with, learning to listen to other people. The next time you're engaged in a conversation, don't just wait for a pause on behalf of the other person so that you can say what you believe, but actually listen to what you're saying. Listen to what they're telling you. You can learn a lot more from people you disagree with than from people who agree with you on everything. And having different ways to look at subjects will tend to make you into a more reasonable and accepting person. You don't have to necessarily agree with everything, but it is good to learn how to be non-judgmental and recognizing that you're not always right, that other people can be right, and that there is a way to work together. That's why we're called the United States of America. So gain that perspective this week. And please subscribe for free to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. We've got a lot of episodes now. You can be entertained for a long time and learn a whole lot of stuff. And uh, let us know what you think. Ben at AmericanCornerstone.org. We always love to hear from you. And remember to tell your friends about us, review us, tell your family about us. Get common sense to the point where it is common once again in our country. And remember those cornerstones. Faith. Liberty community, and life. See you next week.